if you were to ask me a question, I know the answer, but my body starts to create this narrative. Mm-hmm. So the rah-rah starts, and this other voice could be like, Hello, gentle folk of the internet. Welcome back. Ooh. Happy Halloween. <laughs> also, happy Dia de los Muertos, honoring of our dead mm. and wearing silly costumes. Yes. It's a good time of year. I like pie. This is the kindness economy. <laughs> Welcome to the Kindness Economy Cup podcast, where we talk about doing business from the heart outward. I am one of your hosts. I'm Rebecca. This is Courtney. I'm Courtney. Uh, this week, I will be talking about loving your competition in all facets of things, and um, doing business and having some business books that are super influential to me right now. Ah, and I'm going to be talking about (laughs) teeth. I'll add a little content warning there before getting into it. More around time coaching and how loving the competition kind of boils down to two words. (gasps) Ooh. So how are you doing? This is the content warning. If teeth make you squeamish, jump ahead now. Rule number one for dental care is be grateful if you can get any. Yes. Rule number two is often ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm getting I'm getting some teeth issues fixed that have been plaguing me since getting my braces off in 1986. Mmm. Yeah. Before many of my TikTok viewers were born. I know. I know. But that's that's real. Sometimes you make do with things far longer than you need to and yeah so i'm getting this dealt with and that called for filing a tooth down to nothing and then putting a temporary cap on it Mm, so it's the temporary yeah it's the temporary but i've lost use of like my front teeth for the time being so i can't bite into anything which doesn't seem like it's a big deal until you can't bite into anything yeah you kind of have to do that about three times a day based on most mm, recommended mm, whatever mm, mm. so there's a lot of manual dismantling of things and putting them back into the back of my mouth which is much more labor intensive and makes meals much more interesting lately teeth Um, are pretty awesome teeth are awesome and they should be taken care of and that was one of the things oh god yeah you will um but one of the things I was thinking about in all of this was uh, that that this is this this counts as self care. Oh hell yeah! This is but it is the textbook definition of that like non glamorous, non fun, really expensive, expensive thing that you're dreading that is not glamorous for oh. reasons other than the expense, Ugh, like the just, pain and the yeah. It's just some of us have issues around anything having to do with our mouths mostly because of having braces before 1986 back in medieval times Um, also like the industry has evolved so much so quickly and a lot of us had really poor decisions made in the interim when we realized how to not do things mm -hmm. and like that's not dentists fault but when you uh and i just want to say this to honor the work of dentists like if you look up uh the highest rates of suicide by career path dentist is either number one or number two they're up there depending on what study you're looking at so like it's hard for us in our face like to deal with the dentist but like they're in people's faces all day trying to help people and it's really painful and hard mm-hmm. and they have staffs of huge people so like you know I love your face and I love dentists. Yeah, no, this is not a slam against my dentist at all. Just sort of acknowledging the non-glamorousness of the quality of this week's self-care. Also, as an aside, did you know that when they numb your front teeth, it also takes out your nose? Um, 
So I lost the ability to wiggle my nose for a while, and I didn't realize how much I wiggle my nose until you can't. I couldn't wiggle my nose. And then when those nerves started to come back online, it felt like a perpetual sneeze, just sort of lurking oh. for a good hour as everything kind of woke up. No. And then I did sneeze, and oh my God, it felt so good. <laughs> oh, that was so good. But yeah, like my dental care has dominated my my mind i wasn't saying that that's what you were you were bringing up it's just anytime dentistry comes up i feel like it's super important we've we've normalized mocking a dent an industry mm. and it's like mm, i just want to take while we're on the subject just so you know we love our dentists <laughs> yeah they help you keep your teeth. They keep. They help you keep your teeth, and you will miss them when they're gone. Yes. <laughs> um, my self care right now is uh, getting ready for Halloween, and getting the kids into Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I can't. I don't. I can't. I can, but it's a super arduous for me to do the written work that needs to happen. Um, so I'm starting to reach out to people to uh, offer equity in exchange for like a year of service because i don't have money to pay you right now but maybe in a year we can um but like putting myself into a position of figuring out what is happening in order to tell someone else how to do it and and it's a weird confrontation for me internally because that's, it's my security that I have that, that I do it, mm. that I'm the one okay. that is doing all the things, allows me to control all the things and I don't have to trust anybody. And it's just, I say with quotes, easier for me to do it myself. The look on your face says otherwise. Oh, God, it's exhausting. If you have a big vision of a huge thing that you would like to build, I promise you, you cannot do all of it. You, as an individual, can do an incredible amount of work and do things. But until you can ask for help, you're not going to get any help. You might end up accidentally with help, but not in a systemic, substantive way. And it's, it's um, the thing that's gonna come up for me is operations. And the thing that, that happens in business also happens at home with my family. Because <laughs> I also manage like a lot of humans and their personal lives. Because like I have, you know, what is it, five adult life partners and two children so there's a lot of humans there and the thing that i keep hearing in the therapy that i've been in over and over and over again is like rebecca i appreciate that you have a plan but you didn't fucking tell anybody and your plan may be brilliant (laughs) and i'll be honest it fucking is (laughs) But but it doesn't mean a goddamn thing if i don't tell anyone and ask for help because a brilliant idea needs help to get it off the goddamn ground. So like, you know, doing this big family thing, you know, doing this, adding another person to the family has forced me to realize that the, there's a communication problem where like I don't let things out of my head. And it happens in my family too. Uh, And so I just wanted to, while we're in the self-care segment, the thing that is happening for me and really intensely is I'm seeing the patterns that I'm fixing in business because I'm reading these books and they're like, oh, operations is the part where you tell your employees how things work. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's what I'm not doing at home. And it's a thing where we kind of take for granted a homemaker and we don't really respect that. Like I'm... I'm really grateful that my partners really honor and respect that I have a system. Like, I actually care about things being done well in the home in a way that, like, most people don't. It's not their job. They don't even like it. It was punitive for them when they were children. 
Yeah. And it was for me too, but it's my job now. So like I care. And so like um, understanding what operations is, is that it's personal as well as professional and just really confronting the it catering to my desire to control and I need to stop and let go and actually do the thing. <laughs> also, it's like pressing up against all of my insecurities around my neuroatypical stuff because um, the operations is, is written down best. Like if I went into a coma, a lot of stuff would fail in this house because I haven't written anything down. Mm. And so I need help with that because I'm not, I'm not good at that. And I'm going to talk a little bit in the next segment about specifics of what I'm looking for because that's a thing. Are we good? Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. All right, business. Round two. Round two. I am not playing Mortal Kombat, and now I'm sad. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I was never good at that game, and I'd probably hurt myself because I have wrist Hands. problems. <laughs> anyway, uh, segment two, we are doing business stuff, and I would love to do the numbers because it's almost the end of the month. But it's I am a, not the end of the month yet. Yeah, I am a creature of habit, and it is the 31st, and I, am, I still have a day. One more day of numbers. Mm -hmm. So next week we will talk about the numbers, but this week we are gonna (laughs) talk about operations. And um, this is out of the yellow book. The yellow book. Hold it up for the camera, even though the lights aren't on and you probably can't see the difference between yellow and orange. So with the lighting right now, it's just a a book. (laughs) Spooky lighting matters just once a year. Um, In the yellow book, I finally got to the operations part and realize that like the the operations are if you haven't done your operations if you go into a coma your business goes into a coma because no one else knows what the fuck you're doing now the problem with me communicating what the fuck I'm doing is one it needs to be organized to make sense and I don't know if you know this but my brain works a little I imagine like a hummingbird or a squirrel which is a compliment to hummingbirds and squirrels, honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about you, setting up for the show. You when worked like, with me. You yeah, understand. Like, like I'm just you. like, do, 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 do. And ping, I just sort of ping, float around ping, ping. and like get things done as it happens and whatever. But that's just how I operate. And I've just embraced this about myself. And I know what's happening in my head. There's a lot happening. It's like a, a menagerie of potential in my brain. That potential has no hope of becoming real if I can't get it out and into the brain of another person in a way that makes sense. It's just, that's how brains work. That's how spreading an idea works. I am, I don't like writing things down and it's hard to get help when you don't like dealing with calendars. So I need help. And I have reached out to two friends. Uh, One is my former nanny. And so like we've worked on like a multi-year nurturing brain babies, but they're real babies. Um, And we've specifically worked on a writing project when I rewrote the manual for Godswap. So she was actually the person that helped me go through all that when I really organized it so I know she knows how to do it and work with me and work in this specific way and like in an an, also in like a kind of long-term and committed and intimate way like in a family building you're you know and she actually has availability that I wasn't expecting I literally went to both of them expecting them to both say no and that both of them are interested. I'm like, shit, now what do I do? Um, accept it. Well, I do accept it. And okay. I'm gonna <laughs> probably move forward with what was originally my first choice mm-hmm. because that's just what I thought of first because of all of this history. 
Um, my second choice was going to be Cat. Uh, um, uh, is it Cat and Tex? Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but uh, she does the um, portray you. Mm-hmm. And Tex did the red nose. Started a red nose campaign that basically got like swooped Ganked. by Walgreens. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've been doing social media for a while, and I I was reaching out to Cat to do a product design, and was like, oh wait, you also like I, it was like many years ago. Cat uh, also helped me with a writing project. And, and and like is already doing social media in a way that I like don't have to explain a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. like she's already doing it um, so I feel like I have a really good first and second choice um, I think I think ultimately for what I want to do Kat's gonna have trouble having availability that I want um, but just the fact of getting what I needed sorted understanding that part of why i was really really fucking good at tiktok and crushed it at tiktok is because it's video and i know how to do that i'm really good at it Mm -hmm. i have a lot of experience producing with all this whatever pile of bullshit i got here (laughs) gestures wildly um but the new platform is linkedin and that's like business articles and words words like maybe i could produce a cool slide deck or whatever uh you know but fuck if i can't figure out words and we have words Mm -hmm. we produce words Mm -hmm. we we speak into these microphones it collects up into this pile of bullshit and on the regular we can send it to another place that transcribes it and then we have it all in a sort of and you know i just need someone to take it from that transcription and put it in and turn it into articles Every week that we do this, there's at least three to five to six articles mm-hmm. worth of content. And it's just sitting there. But I don't know what the fuck to, I can't do anything with it. Words. Words. So I need an operations person and I need somebody to do this transcription work. Once all these things are written down and we have it all sorted, the stuff like website maintenance, uh, continuing to do the transcription stuff, that can all be trained by a virtual assistant. I don't ultimately need this for very long, but I do need it. And um, just the part where I'm opening myself up to that and the part where I don't have any money. I have hope. <laughs> and I believe in my hope, but you know, hope doesn't feed anybody. So like, what I have is equity. So we're gonna be figuring out what that looks like. Um, yeah. And it just feels uh, super exposy. And it kind of rubs up against the competition of just like, I don't, I'm such a perfectionist and it's taken me a while for things to get through to me with uh, Gary V about like you can't expect your employees to do what you do and you can't like they're not you they're not as invested as you and you're doing something remarkable and they're supporting you and if they can do it 80 percent as good as you fucking let them Time coaching. Time coaching. So I'm still in the class where I'm learning how to coach people around time management, which has been very interesting um, because our friend circle um, could be called chaotic. Yes. That's putting it mildly. Yes. Um garbage boats anybody oh yeah clowns Mm, yeah mm. that's uh, carnivals that's us mobile miniature golf Uh, of course but or and i can go into people's homes that are in states of chaos 
and not flinch or run away and just kind of go, okay, yeah, cool. I, I see what you're getting at here. And usually the reaction from the client is in the neighborhood of, what? Like, yes, there, there is a pattern here. Mm-hmm. There, there's. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Um, you don't do the same thing over and over again without yeah. a pattern. <laughs> and this is where the butt comes in. My approach to time management is chaotic. Surprise, surprise. Um, and part of the problem I've been having was that I was trying to adhere to traditional methods of time management, like you know, getting things done, uh, the Covey method. I'm actually, I actually do use the Pomodoro technique. These are all like various time management techniques. But I use, for my own personal functioning, I use sort of this Frankenstein creation of different things that work for me. And from the outside, it looks like a hot mess, but I'm able to get things done. I'm starting to get to the point now where it's like, oh, I don't need to beat myself up for not having the traditional time management as written about in a book. Traditional. Tra- what yeah, the fuck is that anymore? Yeah, no, it's how things get done. The other part was, and this ties into what you were talking about, the, uh, it, mm, there's this idea that people want to get more things done and then they'll feel better. I have so many things to do, I'm overwhelmed. If I could just get them all done, I would feel better. That would fix things. Mm, I'll fix your thing. No, mm, no, that's not, that's not it. You're just making more room to get more things done. You're looking for relief. And doing things is not the relief. It's taking a step back and examining the things behind it. I'm trying to figure out how to wander around to this other point. The thing that um, I saw recently on, I don't remember where social media, but like where somebody was saying that there used to be a thing like in, um, you know, in the leisure class when that was a thing where you just <laughs> yes. hung out and your servants took care of you because you're so stupid rich. Your responsibility is not just your children, but your servants and your servants' children. And you have this huge thing of land and you basically have it filled with serfs. Um, that what would happen is if you went to someone's door, because obviously there's no phones, no cell phones, there's none of that, nothing. People would come to your door and leave a note with your door person. If you were seeing, so if you had someone over for tea, or you were in a very important meeting, or mm. you were hungover, or what have you, um, your servant would take a note for you, and you would not be interrupted. And then that changed, and we got phones, and we were able to interrupt people. And like the millennial newness, newness, I say in quotes, humans are not new, there are no new thoughts. Um, the millennial newness of like just text, it's like leaving more a note. respectful of the time. It's leaving a note, leaving a note with just your door leave person, a note <laughs> with my my agent here, my digital agent. Please just leave me a note, and just like the way that perspective just changes over time, and what is traditional again? I say in quotes. What the fuck is that? Because it changes like kind of all the time. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, doesn't really mean anything. I'm actually thinking about that. Because it changes all the time. I, we don't really think about I that. I take calls from my parents, but everybody else, for God's sake, please text. It's like, just, just absurd. It's easier. <laughs> and the thing, I remember where I was going now. The, uh, there is this, 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 this jonesing for getting things done. But the things that we want to get done are usually on the scale of projects, large vision, like big things that would take a tremendous amount of time to get done. I No, I'm fine, I'm having a moment in my head. But the things that you do on the micro scale, the things you do in moment to moment are tasks, small things that add up. So, you spend your time berating yourself for not 
achieving the big thing because oh my god that's how you get to do like that's when i'll feel better when i'm done with this when you real and then like suddenly realize oh wait this big thing i'm berating myself that i'll feel so much better after it's done is a year-long project and i need to be content with the journey i just realized something as you were speaking Mm-hmm. And like lost my mind a little bit there, but yeah, just I saw uh, your face and I was like, "What?" Um, it's not that people want to get things done. It's not that people want to be productive or da 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 da. They just want something to tell other people about what the fuck they're doing. Mm. That's all we're doing. We don't want to talk to somebody and have them say, "Hey, what are you doing?" and have nothing to say, or have it be the same answer we gave last time. I feel like there is so much of that, just not being comfortable, being stoked to tell someone whatever the fuck it is that you're doing. I'm doing something blah. Yeah. And that, well, that also ties in with the, uh, an exercise we did this week in class. Yeah, I'm just gonna talk about time management. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's fine. No, one of the things that we did was like, you know, write down, write down your personal feelings about time. And like everybody was like, you know, I waste time, I don't use time, I'm not efficient. And I looked at the list of everything and was like, all of these are sort of rooted in the notion that time is this thing that you must spend wisely and show something for in that kind of, uh, your your value is what you produce, that whole, Mm -hmm. like turning it into a commodity. What have I produced? What is behind me yeah. in the form of and I shit need to I have, can show off? I need to have this thing in order to say that I am what... You can't see my Bing. hands, but we're both gesturing Holding up in the thing. dark. Um, but I need to Holding have this thing to say that I'm worthwhile. Yeah. And no, like you're worthwhile even without the thing. Even if you didn't do nothing. So when you disconnect that uh, self-worth mm. from productivity, yes, that changes the dynamic around how you relate to time and what you think is the highest and best use of that time. And that is where, yeah, that's where shit got interesting this week. It was like, oh, okay. So it's not that we're, mm, it's not that we're teaching people how to manage time in order to be more productive. We're kind of having an extended conversation about how they feel about time. What, what is their relationship to how they move through the world and what component of that is time, which is a much more intimate conversation and gets at a lot of deeper things. And not everybody's ready for that conversation. If they wanna talk about time techniques, I can also talk about time techniques until the cows come home, but it helps to know what those techniques are in service of. Mm. So yeah, I mean, there, there is that. The, the other thing that's been going on with me for the business is uh, disasters. Um, California's been showing off on the Acts of God theme park tip lately. You got wind, Fires. fire. No, California's been on the Acts of God theme park tip lately, where it's just been fires, windstorms, power outages, the whole nine. The earthquakes now and then punctuating everything. Oh yeah, we did have uh, some of those. Yeah, so I, um, in the past, I had a list, disaster list that you could sign up for, and I broke down the um, supply list that I got from the Oakland Fire Department on how to build your emergency kit. And it's a huge honking list. And it was broken down into 24 weeks. And I was sending out links or an email once a week with just do these things this week. Uh. Don't think about the whole thing. Just focus on this week. And little, you know, pep talks and whatnot. And I let it go fallow and I never finished it. What does fallow mean? Uh, dead. Dead in oh. the water, stagnant, unfinished. Uh, thank you. Abandoned. Oh, sad. Yeah. I Carry on. It. Yeah. I needed to invoke the right amount of sadness for that. Yeah. So, like, no, I, I, I abandoned it. It was kind of overwhelming. <laughs> There's that word. <laughs> I get overwhelmed, too. But the overwhelming part was sort of this, oh, my God, all these eyes are on me. And that was an interesting sensation. And 
in light of everything that's been going on, I'm like, well, fuck the discomfort. This is information that needs to be out there. So I'm reviving the disaster list. I'm finishing that bitch. Nice. And I'm getting it back out into the world. It is, is for free. Premium. It yes. is for free on my website. Um, and it is an automatic thing. Like once you sign up for it, it just like starts the clock and starts sending things weekly from wherever you sign up. Um, Outstanding. Yeah. So that is a thing. There's also a couple of other disaster related things that I'm doing, like re-upping my training with the Oakland Fire Department and a couple of writing things percolating in the background that I will discuss later. But yeah, business has been businessing. Right now, I guess we got to get to the Rantafesto. Mm. We will do that next. Button. It's time. Rantafesto time. <laughs> So loving your competition. Yeah. It's a part of um, Seth Godin's This Is Marketing book that I have uh, repeated over and over and over again to really get a working understanding of the content because it's really useful. Um, starting with like vocabulary stuff, like knowing what the sales funnel actually means mm-hmm. and knowing what the long tail what long tail marketing actually means. Um, and the sales funnel is just like the part that's the first contact for the customer. And the funnel is the number of people that hit that point. So the very top, the first input of the funnel, there's a lot of people that get there, they're like, nah, it's not for me. And then it goes down, the, there's, there's further clicks. Every click is a little, the, the number of people that engage with that next click shrinks. And that's the funnel. It forms that shape of a funnel. Mm-hmm. Slowly reducing number of clicks. The long tail is the, if you've seen on Amazon, really, really specific shirts. Um, you'll see like, it's Passover, it's Easter, and it's my birthday shirt. And that's the example they give in the book. There's like almost no one that that shirt is good for. And even if it is, you can only wear that shirt once a year. But they have so many available shirts of a specific demographic that they can actually target because of internet marketing. Mm. They can, on the long game, because there's so many options, not, no individual shirt is going to really sell very well, but occasionally one will. And there are so many being put out it literally doesn't matter whether or not 90% of them are crap. Now, obviously, this is the kindness economy, and I want you to make a better shirt, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the example in the book. Um, and I really, really, really love the, the love your competition. And I mentioned this a little bit last week, but after going through the book a few times now, there's like a voice in my head that's like, that person's full of shit, fuck you. And then as that voice is going, there's another voice that's like, hey, hey, hey. What about empathy, empathy, empathy? And that's literally what happens. And, and like, I know the right answer. Like my brain knows the right answer. I know I'm not, I know being competitive and thinking bad things about the competition, whatever that competition may be, you know? if it's sports, if it's business, if whatever it is, the people that I've decided I'm in competition with, anybody that I've decided whatever they're doing is bullshit, I'm now in competition with them. For attention, for validity, it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter whatever the fuck it is. But I, I put myself in competition with them ideologically. And I start to just like use that in my head and it's just like this, Bruh. If you were to ask me a question, I know the answer, but my body starts to create this narrative. Mm-hmm. So the rah-rah starts, and this other voice can be like, okay, but 
I mean, you understand that like they're in this position because they're a product of the circumstances and they're doing the very best that they can. This very reasonable voice in my head. All of a sudden, I don't know who this motherfucker is. Where'd you come from? <laughs> but he's there. It sounds a lot like Seth Godin. Okay. If I'm honest. <laughs> if, uh, if you find Gary Vaynerchuk fucking obnoxious and you cannot stand the way he interrupts people or that he'll be like, fuck you, you dick. Like literally, it mm-hmm. just more dig in a pie. Like he just like, you know, if that's something that is really not okay with you, that's fair, fully fair. It's kind of weird that I'm into it. But Seth Godin is actually giving you the instructions to do the things that Gary Vee talks about and he's not calling people a fucking dick. And he's not you aggressive can't see as fuck. Me, but I'm not. And he's got his own podcast and his own stuff. And he's actually doing the teaching thing. And in a way that, like, a lot of people do the teaching thing as secondary. And his thing is, like, he did marketing and he did it badly. And he started in, like, like when I was tiny, like in the 80s, 83. Mm. Um, and he's just learned how to do it he was doing it badly for a really long time he's learned how to do it well and he's like no I have enough money in this sector I'm going to correct on this sector and it's just like you know everything when you think of marketing if it makes you feel dirty or angry (sighs) uh, you might like this book yes and it's been a really weird um, like worldview shift for me I've been watching you it's fun Mm. I like it a lot. And just like competition is beautiful. When it's not in a like, you know, sharks eating each other in the womb thing. You know? That whole, yeah. (laughs) When you subscribe to Darwinistic kind of rules, Mm -hmm. then you wind up creating better predators Mm -hmm. um that's just my take on it could be flawed who knows but the world is full of a lot of different kinds of people and every interaction that i perceive of like with my clients is a relationship some relationships i have are relaxed fun other relationships are fraught there's many different kinds of potential clients as there are people and not all those people are your people that's that's where i come from as far as all that goes um like i do joke about the whole marie kondo thing where it's like ah But when it comes down to it, she's not talking to the people I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. We do quote unquote the same thing, but only nominally. It can be said that you do the same thing. It can also be said that you do similar things. Yeah. So like we're, we're doing things from our own unique perspective, talking to our particular audience or niche as is talked sir as is talked about in various books you know find your people and talk to them but the like the organization all all organization as an industry betters mm. by having both of you in it that that mm. part and the two words the two words that i think oh i waited for this what's yeah, that the two words that it boils down to do you don't do anybody else you look at your competition and i use competition in air quotes because they're just they're just running in the next lane over it's like in track like you're running the race you're running like yeah you may be running against the person in the next lane but really you're running against the clock you're running against you so do you stick in your lane and adhere to what is true for you or you can think of instead of running against anything you're running for the clients 
you're running for the audience and not in a performative way but that's what the work is for mm. the work is for the audience the client the end product where it goes matters and how it's received matters when you get super drama in your competition and start tearing the other person down and we talked about this last week you are tearing down the other people's like their clients they, they could be your clients later yeah you don't know that the industry as a whole hurts the clients don't get what they need it is unhelpful to the audience it is unhelpful to the end user to be seen squabbling out in the yard whatever your yard is if you're busy being concerned about somebody else and what's on their plate you're not doing you you're not and they're doing them like for real when it comes ideologically just do you and it might take you a minute to figure out what doing you really is you need to figure out what you're comfortable with what are your values you might have heard us talk about this before but like what what is true for you and to you people like there's i use darwinist uh that was the thing because it's up. like that whole survival of the fittest and people like to tell like people like to conceive of themselves as the fittest as as if that's a plural thing but no it's sort of like the playoff brackets for march madness like it all boils down to who can knock off everybody else and then you're just kind of left with this one thing because everyone else has been at each other's throats the question is what points matter to you because there's a dollar point that gets calculated in literal you know currency but there's like happiness points there's your happiness and your clients happiness your impact on the community points all of these points matter to different degrees to different people but when you start to talk about like when a company is operating with a sense of darwinism like what that's absolutely irresponsible there's only so many people that can really perform like that and not only that you're going to cut out a lot of really important people that can do really great work because if they can't keep up well fuck there's still a beautiful contribution you just got to see how they can contribute mm. and if you're yeah uh, the darwinism thing kills me because there's so much stuff in the way that my old industry operates when you're in a movie set and you're on as a technician for a movie set you're expected to work like 16 hour days or like uh doctors mm -hmm. like that's crazy to me like doing it on a movie set is one thing you know everybody wants to be in the movies so like i could see them doing a thing like that but like i think it's dangerous i think it's it's really expensive and it's really dangerous in my opinion but that's how the the thing works the, the, the thing with doctors where like the doctor has to be working 24 hours like what it's not the same as the the way it works for the firefighters like the firefighters are there for 24 hours but it's like their bed is there mm -hmm. they're, they're you know they could eat get up they, they, they have out. a meal plan they work out they just hang out and they, they're just on call for 24 hours or three days or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be but they're accommodated for like normal people like that have food and sleep needs that that doctors are put in this position of and the competition of the vested old guard sort of old team gets all this is the hurt. way it's always been this done. is the way it is and they get into competition with the new kids of like you just can't keep up you can't do the things that we used to do well fuck yeah bro no one should have had to how many really really talented people did you lose because of this bullshit what are you fucking doing does this serve the end user or does this just serve your ego 
And when you get into that Darwinism shit, I get mad. Because <laughs> it's it, there's so many industries that do that. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not helpful or necessary. You're wasting money. You're wasting time, and you're wasting valuable talent that you simply don't see because you're not looking for to actually yeah the high you're not looking at the highest best use mm-hmm. of time or resources or anything because everything's going in service of well i guess the first one would be profit but also that whole being better than like that race to the bottom as far as like getting ahead of your competition in that sort of way that winds up eventually shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Um, like, what if your competition was like your family? And what if we just treated it like that? Because ultimately, like, at the end of the day, you're all in the same community. You're all hiring from the same pool of people. You're all serving the same pool of customers. And you all have different perspectives on whatever thing you're both dealing with. There's different cultures and different places. Like, there's a lot of reasons to choose one thing over another. That doesn't make anything wrong. And taking the time to see how it's right in every instance that, like, I keep coming up with the like, in my brain. It's just like, <laughs> but what if they're right? Yeah, I mean, don't don't worry about what's on their plate. Yeah. Worry about yours. Do you. Yeah. And no one can copy you. And you can't copy them. Yeah. It's like a beautiful menagerie of chaos. <laughs> and Ooh. yeah, when in doubt. Embrace just, the chaos. Embrace the chaos. <laughs> and focus on you. What do you need? What is true to you? Yeah, only in competition with yourself. You can be in competition with yourself, a past self, or your future self, and that's fun. I try to woo my future self. Ah. I I treat it like Lady Hawk. I don't know, like I'm also dating myself here, the movie. That's beautiful. It's like... Carry on. My future self is this individual that I'm never going to meet, but I want them to know how loved they are. Oh, that's beautiful. So I do all these things to try and make life better for them. (sighs) Yeah. I'm a hippie. It's beautiful. (laughs) I feel like we can take that to our competition, too. Mm. Like, it's for us and for them and for our clients and for all the da-da-da. Like, that's... We're doing things to make it beautiful and helpful and amazing in the future. I mean, honestly, you might not ever meet your competition. That's true. But love them. Love them. I think that's our show today. Mm, Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I will leave links to my orange book and yellow book. The orange book and the yellow book. I'm tearing through the yellow book right now. We're in dark books. We're in dark rooms. We can't see the colors. doesn't matter. It's spooky. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. If you would like to find me and see me in the llama corn costume, I am on the internets, (laughs) uh, Twitter and blah, blah, blahs, TikTok, at bonus parent baba and i am courtney king you can find me at my website oh yeah if you're curious about that disaster list i'm still in the process of revamping the website but there's a link somewhere in there for both my mailing list and the disaster mailing list you can find them both at c king solutions that is the letter c k i n g solutions.com if you have thoughts or feelings, if you would like to tell us stories about competition, we have an email address, kindnessecon at gmail.com, and our website is kindnessecon.com. If you would like to subscribe, I would love to have you in the Futurist family. Be where counted. We just be are nice to each other and think about happy thoughts and stuff. That's like a thing that we do here, basically. And, and I Lama would corns. be honored if you would like share us with your friends. If you think that this is valuable and you would like to tell your friends, please do. Yeah. I like new people. I like to share. So please take excellent care of yourself and the people and the world around you. Oh, distracted by a cat. I'm scratching a cat, but I'm being kind to the cat. And be kind to everyone else, too. Okay, please? I'll see you in the future.
The button has been pressed. Uh, oh, we are live. Yes. And the wave looks nice and proper. There's nothing better All right. than a tarot pull at the on beginning of a show. Halloween. <gasps> Very appropriate. Ooh, let's the see veil what this is has. thin. It's not the fucking down comforter between worlds. <laughs> this is not the down comforter between worlds. <laughs> it is the sheer veil. Um, <laughs> happy Halloween. Yeah. Happy Dia de los Muertos. Mm. And now, card? pull the card. Yes. All right. Let's see what we got over here. Father wow. of Fire. Father of Fire. Let's see. Okay. We'll find that. What number is it? Oh, Father, I guess it's, it's at the, the end? Yeah. Okay. It's like the king. Son. Son, mother. Father. Father. You're right. The very last one. Okay. Father of Fire. Correspondences. Fire of Fire. Yeah, you see that coming. Yeah. It's that kind of day. Pluses. Leadership. Responsibility. Enthusiasm. Benevolence. And generosity. Negative. Rigidity. Tyranny. Cruelty. Brutality. Excessive thrill-seeking. Mm. Uh, oh. Okay. The meaning. This powerful, self-confident man possesses a great level of integrity and self-awareness. He understands the importance of being true to himself and being honest with others. As a leader, he is utterly devoted to those entrusted to his care and always prepared to lead from the front, asking for nothing that he would not willingly do himself. Exploring the card. The father of fire is an elder man. Life has lined the father's face, but his gaze is clear and his experiences have brought him to the in and his experiences have brought him to insight and wisdom. Nice old man. Yeah. Jewelry mm -hmm. and a hat. We'll always have a hat. Always got to have a hat. And we are going right. to record in the dark today because it's spooky. It's Halloween. It's spooky. Ooh. And that's what, that's what Courtney requested. And you know what? I thought about it and it was a good idea. It's Halloween. 